Hello, and welcome to Wives and Weirdos Journey Home. I'm your Dungeon Master, Darby, and joining me as always are Zoe, playing Sylvia, Emily, playing Beatrice, Laura, playing Conrad, Mitch, playing Designation 42, and Johanna, playing Paul. Let's jump into it. So, where we last left off the party, ventured into the Mornlands of Eberron, um, and immediately Exley suggested bypassing the, uh, the potentially day or two's trek uh, through the use of Windwalk. Um, getting immediately to the glass plateau um, where the tomb was set to rest. Um, the, the party took rest there for the night and one by one uh, took watch and were slowly alerted to the fact that there was someone watching or someone nearby which culminated in the appearance of the Lord of Blades who came to speak to Exley. Curious about what he was doing here in the Mornlands with these mortal beings. So, uh, after he departed, Exley and Beatrice continued their watch, which was the final for the night. Um, so, you all wake up, those of you who had, uh, yes, um, Just in terms of waking up, Beatrice is going to wake up, oh, what was his name, the one that had watched before, sh before they did? Uh, Artis. Artis. Beatrice is going to walk up to Artist when it's around time for everybody to start getting up. And it's just going to kick his foot to wake him up. Ugh. Morning. You did a great job of watch. Thank you. I take it there was nothing. Actually, actually, I will roll him an insight at that because you do seem quite sarcastic and we both know oh, how you felt to that. sarcastic. Uh, has he got decent insight? Because this is... Uh, Beatrice isn't hiding it. Yeah. I take it you spotted something? Yes. Uh, uh, what do they call the... Uh, like him, and she points at Exley. A warforged? But, but uh, much, much more dangerous. He looks at Exley. He looks at Prime. Sounds like something we're going to need to avoid. Yes, which means we need to uh, be a little sharper. Next time. Of course. And Beatrice turns around and walks away. All right. Uh. All right. Um, so, as everyone wakes up, anyone who was suffering from a point of exhaustion uh, from 
the mist, uh, the smog, uh, it has exhaustion reduced by one, uh, which I think should completely recover everyone. Um, Sevia, you still have the hiccups. She wakes up. She's a big stretch. And then as she sits there, she looks out across the beautiful morning on like this huge new plane we're in. And mid-admiration goes, it and then just continues to hiccup her head in her hands. Uh, uncaring as to whether or not it wakes anyone else up. And she just and just <laughs> yells to herself. I think Fall would probably be like waking up and then hear that and be like Oh, oh no. Please tell me that's just another random bout. No. It's the same one. Oh, goodness. It took me ages to get to sleep. Ooh. That's horrible. I'm sorry to hear that. I. What kind of magic would do that? Hmm. It must have a loophole. It's not. It surely wouldn't just be permanent hiccup spell. No, uh, I believe this to be a form of wild magic. It is sometimes called in academic circles. It's mostly just this idea that sometimes magic can uh, react strangely to being cast. So occasionally it will just have different effects than those you plan, such as Exley turning red and yellow, and oh. this. Oh, and um, I had a weird mask appear. Oh, did uh, you? On my watch. Yes, yes, I uh, wasn't thinking about the magic thing, but um, it, it disappeared after an hour, I think. I, I hope it did. <laughs> Unless it went invisible or intangible or something. <laughs> Most effects are temporary. You hear of people losing their hair for 24 hours or randomly accumulating sheep for six seconds or teleporting into random places. It's very rarely detrimental to the user or those around them. I'd assumed this one might go away after rest, however... It is seeming that if there is a cure, it is an active one. Hmm. Hmm. Right, we're going to have to kind of try to work that out, I guess. It's not like some kind of riddle, is it? Is there going to be some kind of sensible solution? Well, well it's magic, so... It's either the most obvious thing you can think of or the least obvious thing you can think of. I tried dispelling it, but that didn't seem to do much. I could try to cure it, cure wounds. It's not really a wound. No, not really. Hmm. I don't know, that, I can't think straight. At that, Beatrice walks up 
looks at Sevia and then just sort of taps her on the forehead and casts Cure Wounds at first level. I mean, she's just woken up. She's at full hit points. It does nothing. <laughs> uh, also, roll, roll me a uh, percentile. If you get hiccups too, I'm going to scream laugh. That's I'm so, so funny. funny. Oh, she. 40. Okay. Okay, a, uh, a purple ball and chain appears uh, attached to your leg. Uh, huh. See, like that. Strange effects, adverse effects, but, uh... At least it's not yeah. the hiccups. Is <laughs> <laughs> it dear? Weigh anything? Sevia goes to touch it and see if it's corporeal and if it, like, is heavy. Yeah, it is. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> is oh. that going to impede your movement? <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, Beatrice bends down and, and picks up. <laughs> tries to pick up the ball. Yeah, uh, roll me a strength check. <laughs> Thirteen? Thirteen. It's it's really heavy, but you can kind of struggle and grunt and manage to pick it up. Um, I will say, Sevia, mm. because, because of the way you seem to be approaching this, do roll me an intelligence check. Oh god, please. Please. No! <laughs> Um, can I get any sort of advantage for being smart? <laughs> Actually, this this would probably fall under Arcana, so... Arcana check, not intelligence? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, because the this benevolent is, this god. Is, this is about wild magic. So. Thank you, benevolent god Darby, because that <laughs> turns what would have been an 8 into a 16. So, thank you. Okay. So, you recall that this hiccuping effect occurred after you uh, cast a spell that was associated with... Uh, that, that came from your divine boon that you were granted in Barovia. Mm -hmm. um, it is more akin to clerical magic than most of your arcane uh, mm -hmm. resources. Um, Beatrice, whose magic is kind of rangery, uh, well, is rangery, uh, is about travel and wildlands and survival was um, kind of eh, the effect was that her movement is constrained. Ball's effect um, with the mask that you've been told of fall, falls 
magic is, from what you can tell, almost akin to kind of bardic magic in its in its approach. There is an associate. There appears to be an association between different types of magic and the different effects produced. Mm -hmm. That's as much as you're getting for 16. How does that help? There may be further that that thought goes. Do you need to do another spell at the same time? Um. Uh, brain, brain go burr. Uh, <laughs> um, Sevia like has the, she's just lost some time staring blankly at uh, Beatrice struggling to hold this this ball. Uh, still periodically just. <clears throat> kind of doing the math lady face. <laughs> there, there, there does come a point with, with the ball where, Beatrice, you find yourself suddenly unburdened by it as it just disappears. <clears throat> oh, yours can just disappear. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. <clears throat> I will think on this. I might, might be able to find a way to <clears throat> work this out before we get to the temple. Until then... We should probably prepare to go in, do what we can, and uh, leave as little trace as possible in case of others being out and about. <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah, I guess so. We'll figure it out eventually. It'll be fine. <laughs> it should be noted that while I do not know whether they dwell inside the temple, there are others like me who are roaming this land, and they do not appear to take kindly to the actions that we are attempting. Oh, good. Exley got knocked out of sky. Oh, Exley. I found the first of my kind, and after a brief discussion, he informed me that I was a traitor to Warforged, and then promptly left. That's a little rude of him. Um, right, so what exactly... Why did does he think we're a threat or something? I believe that they feel the actions we are taking will once again allow the inhabitants of the city to encroach on this land, which is where the Warforged live. No. unpleasant to hear. I guess we didn't exactly know many of the details of our mission. It, 
no, but there is also <laughs> to be considered that the continuation of this effect on this land is also affecting another culture's ability to perform their rites and their rituals. <laughs> there are many cultures at play here. I would hate to sound cruel, but it is not our job to perform diplomacy. Yet we are the ones with the decision to make. Yes, we are. And it does not look as if there is an easy way to appease everyone in this particular situation. <laughs> what, it's, for what it's worth, this land was the land of uh, mortal beings before it was the land of Warforged. <laughs> they have claimed this place only because no one else can sustain themselves here. Not since the morning. They probably will need a place to live after as well, eh? Hmm. Um, are we able to, like, talk to them or something? I don't know exactly how willing they'd be to talk to mortals. Once he saw that uh, Exley was also Warforged, he was yeah, not as... <laughs> he was a little more interested in Exley until Exley stated what we were doing. <laughs> yes, um, hmm. And it does seem like a very complicated issue. I think I'll uh, follow all of your lead in this one. So, I don't know, do you... Uh, do you not want to do this anymore, Exley, or...? I... am... uncertain. <laughs> I... have... been searching for... something... for a while. And I... In the span of two days, I have come to the realization that I am not alone in this world. And also been told that I am. Paul just kind of pulls a like a yeesh kind of expression and's like Yeah, that's um that's a tough one to deal with. Yep, I think um, uncertainty uh, makes sense. Ah, uh, cool. I'm gonna like um, make breakfast. <laughs> Paul just kind of awkwardly goes away and looks for food. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not even gonna uh, like ask you to roll a survival check. This. This is. A Balaran obsidian glass plateau. Oh, oh yeah, probably There's... like looks in people's packs for supplies. Yeah. <laughs> Other people's packs. 
probably save you his pack. That's fair. She wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, what's uh, Conrad doing? Is he awake? Uh, yeah, he probably would have um, uh, gotten up. He probably was standing on the fringes of that conversation but didn't bother to interject, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, probably, I suppose, if that has lulled into a bit of silence, he'll, he'll go, well, the way I see it, regardless of the uh, morality of one or the other, we have been asked to do a duty that may help us in our task and further our goals. As long as people are certain on what their goal is, that's all that matters, in my opinion. The rest can be sorted out by themselves. As long as we get in here, fix whatever's going on, and then um, get the payment for it, and ideally passage out of here, We should leave the rest to them. That's how I see it, anyway. He says, leaning edgily against whatever. <laughs> I would agree with Conrad. I. Actually, I understand the desire to want to be with those that look like you. But. This is a bigger issue than us. <clears throat> this is a matter of diplomacy for the people of this world. <clears throat> and as much as none of us are six foot eight and made of metal and wood, you have not been alone. You have been one of us. I am sorry if we have not made you feel that way, but I urge you not to <gasps> feel obligated to form an allegiance with those that shun you purely because you are made of the same stuff. <laughs> I would agree. There's not much worth in being with, with those that are similar to you if they uh, their first um, option is to attack. And then, as you have restated, spurn you once you do not fit their mold. But that is the individual's choice to make. Mm. I'm more curious, um, and then he does like uh, stride towards them more. I'm more curious. You say that that is the first of your kind, but you believe you have never left Barovia. This form has not. This spirit has not. I believe my body has. Well, then the true question here remains, and he, um, like, strides up to Exley, and then kind of, like, you're probably tall enough, like, pokes him, like, roughly in, like, the, the center chest part of his plate. What is more important, the origin of your body or the origin of your soul? If we're to be asking these sorts of questions. Just a thought. Exley is silent and kind of ponders this. 
well. <clears throat> See, if you're still hiccuping, it's incredibly annoying. How do we stop this? <laughs> I'm sorry. Will more spiders help? No, absolutely not. I definitely don't think more spiders will help. And while while she's saying that, Conrad like looks down to his like uh, little bag. He opens it up and says, "In spider, how do I get her to stop?" Which would just be some horrible chittering like noise. Um, while Steve is being like, "I don't know." <laughs> Cursed. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, good. More meat soon. <laughs> and he shuts his little bag. <laughs> Hmm, so it was magic, was it? Perhaps you just didn't get a big enough of a fright. Would a bigger spider work? <laughs> no! Or another no. creature? No, I... Personally, I'm feeling like, uh, regrettably, the answer may be more magic. So, more magic. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so when Steve is hiccuping, mm -hmm. there's no, like, it just, look, just looks like regular hiccuping, right? Yeah. Is there any, like, uh, nothing is different from that no. whatsoever? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. I love trying to look through my skulls desperately, like, does, does a hiccup count as a poison? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was caused, no it was caused more. by... A, on the a divine source of magic being affected by wild magic. Oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Connor wouldn't know. So he didn't have magical knowledge. Uh, he would just look over her and assess her. But yeah. Sevia would probably know, but I, Zoe, do not. And I, Zoe, am. Stupid today. Uh, <laughs> it's on the tip of my brain. <laughs> Actually, this is probably going to do nothing and just waste a spell slot. But, um, Sevia, upon the uh, threat of bigger, more spiders. Puts kind of like both hands to her neck as if to be like, what is happening here? And is accidentally going to trigger identify using her cleric slots, which means it's prepared okay. and yes. can just happen. Which, uh, is it that it just happens or is it, it takes a minute, I believe. Even if it's just a spell slot. I believe with a spell slot, it is one minute. No, oh, this ruins my thing. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. Okay, then, yeah, CV is gonna, um, I guess, feel the tingling of magic at her fingers and then kind of go, like, well, we might as well experiment. And so she is gonna do the one minute casting of Identify on herself. And she also feels really. It's strange. It's happening a lot, like in super speed, and mm. she's not used to that. And it feels, it feels again that divine origin and not yes. her normal arcane now, origin. Now, what is Sevia's process for calling upon her divine magic as opposed to her arcane magic? Ooh, that's a good question, baby. Um, she well. 
because her source is Arcani and Arcani is is magic mm. knowledge. Um, I feel like it's almost that she she feels as if there is something at the back of her head. Mm. Like there's just a like a like a like a divine kind of thrum at the back of her skull. And it's almost like she she closes her eyes and has to concentrate and tap into that rather than the normal part of her brain she taps into. Okay. Uh, yes. Mm. There is no spell affecting you. But do I need to now roll a percentile again? You do. If I get double hiccups. <laughs> uh, three? Three. Uh, okay. Noted. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Sylvia just kind of goes quiet, except for hiccuping for a minute. And then as soon as that minute's done, there's another six seconds of like silence. And then just. <sighs> I'm at the end of my tether and it's only been, I've only been awake for half an hour. I'm truly. The <clears throat> magic caused it. You have tried to use magic to get rid of it, I presume? Yes, but I feel as if it's, it's on the tip of my brain working out what's going on and how to fix it. Goodness, a pity you tried to hear me before. Otherwise, it would be in this mess. You must be regretting that decision now. Well, no, of course I don't regret healing you, Conrad. <laughs> you see the last thing very flippantly, and I look at his nails, and he's just like, huh. Hmm. <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> that was not the response I was expecting. Um, it's like, okay. Um, hmm. Oh, so instead then he like grabs her wrist and like looks at her and <laughs> just tries to be like, and thinks in his brain, like, what do I do? <laughs> He's just generally directly this to the, like miasma of his patrons, but He's just staring at her intensely because I don't think he has any magic that isn't directly harmful. So he's just thinking. Yeah, roll me, I guess, your choice of arcana, religion, or medicine. Tell me which of the uh, three you're rolling. Arcana, religion, or medicine. Um... Religion. Okay. Alright. And so it's a plus three, so a fifteen. Okay, fifteen. This is a divine problem. There must be a divine solution. Hmm. But what he says aloud, but what do I do about it? I like to head to one know? side. What do the divine <laughs> Conrad's trying to think real hard. <laughs> His brows furrow. He's standing very close to see me just glaring at her. Yes, Darby. What 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 do those who follow the divine always think will solve their problems? To see if you have to pray. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
this is Conrad's realization. I'm sorry, but yeah. that makes me want to die. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, my brain is not doing that. I don't know. Can I roll an intelligence check? Yeah. Because Conrad would surely think of this, but I. Well, no. Like, no. But no, like this is this is part of it. Like for fif for fifteen, yeah. yeah. Like oh. you can you can follow that through. Like Conrad. Conrad would know, would be able to work out, huh, so divine problem, so divine solution. What is, uh, what is divine practitioner's go-to solution? Prayer. Prayer. Oh. Okay. So, you have gotten this from using your new magic, that you were afraid that it might be the same as me, yes? Of a sort. And you believe it to be from religious source, yes? Regrettably. It seems stupid, but why not ask through prayer for it? Hey, let's go of a wrist. Or something of the sort. It's divine magic that gave you this. Surely there's a way to get rid of it through that. Sylvia's mouth just kind of works for a minute silently. <laughs> uh, as she stands surrounded by everyone in the party, including two strangers and a robot having an existential crisis. <laughs> she now also has a mild existential crisis. And then just very quietly, to the point where maybe only Conrad can hear her, she goes, Akane, mother of knowledge. <laughs> Can you please end these hiccups? <laughs> a moment passes. And another moment passes. And another moment passes. And through all these moments, there is not a hiccup that tries to escape <laughs> your I'm body. I'm going to <laughs> scream. <laughs> <laughs> she prayed away the hiccups. My God. So I, yeah, so I am using... A uh, oh. a PDF document from the DMs Guild uh, by a, a Dave Panfilo uh, called Wild Magic for Every Class. I will link Thanks, it Dave. down in the description. <laughs> and for the cleric list, there is there is uh, on an eighty five or an eighty six, you get a case of hiccups that can only be cured by prayer. <laughs> That's incredible. I that really is like exclusively that. on the clerics list. Good job, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Courageous was again quite incredulous. Like, ah, well, there we go. And he steps back, adjusts his collar up again, <laughs> and then stalks off to go and like to check his pack to go and eat some jerky or something. Sevia okay. looks absolutely dumbfounded. <laughs> And then just goes, thank you. And then is actually going to go and just uh, sit next to Exley quietly. Uh, 
All right. So, is there anything else folks want to do with their morning's preparations? Um, <clears throat> Exley is going to uh, recast Animate Dead on Prime. Of course. Um, I'm assuming I would need to roll for that. Uh, yes. Also, something I've got, Exley and Conrad, of course, second day yep. uh, in Eberron, second hit point down. Absolutely. Um, oh, another point that I wanted to bring up as well. Yes. The damage that Exley took from the Lord of Blades, was that before or after the long rest? That, that was before. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you're, you're on full. Excellent. Uh, well, full in full, quotation full marks. Full minus uh, the, the two down from your maximum. I rolled an 11. Okay. On the oh, percentile. On percentile, yes. For animate dead. So many things to deal with. Uh, this, this, I think this is the same thing that you, uh, uh, it might be slightly different, but uh, everyone notices as uh, Exley's uh, Exley turns um, a mix of bright yellow with red stripes. Are we ready to go now? <laughs> nice paint job. I actually looks at Prime. Is there anything wrong? Not with Prime, no. Okay. Your colour. Tis different. What has changed? Oh my. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh, a nice look for you. It suits you. It's very eclectic. Very bright. <laughs> the magic, I presume. Are the mushrooms also this color? Um, I hmm, the wording of this, I'm gonna say no. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe like spread out the mushrooms a bit more. Then you might just look spotty though. <laughs> <laughs> You don't mix spots and stripes. <laughs> Not unless you're pattern clashing, baby. Um, mm. Well, uh, uh, yes, this is... Uh, actually, Conrad, have either of you ever heard of wild magic? I have heard of magic that is cast with wild... effects but nothing that does this my knowledge of it is not good I do not know much about magic tell me more yes this should actually probably be something we should discuss before we go into this temple as there is a very high likelihood of this happening quite a lot so um feels weird not to do the fake hiccuping anymore uh so, with magic, uh, magic can come from many different sources. Uh, 
And the thing is, sometimes, depending on those sources, it can change the way the magic works. It can uh, change the way it looks or the way a spell requires casting. Uh, for instance, uh, Beatrice curing wounds is go always going to be different from Exley curing wounds. They come from different sources. Some people uh, tend to... Uh, some people can in their placement of magic find that when they cast spells the magic can sometimes splinter off in a way and create new effects secondary to the spell they cast this often only affects the person occasionally people around them however there are places or situations in which this can occur as an area of effect. Uh, there are, in Fierlo, there are forests, wilds, areas where there is a certain magical aura that can trigger this wild magic to occur to any caster that walks into its space. I believe that not only are we in a place that causes our magic to become a little bit wild, but we are in a place that can sense and identify the source of our magic and use that to change the effects. For instance, Beatrice, the ranger, her magic, when it splinters, caused her to be unable to move. My mag the magic I used earlier, based in healing and divinity, uh, caused me to require to have an affliction that required the intervention of a god. I do not know what stripes have to do with what Exley does, but I'm sure there is some sense of correlation. Or potentially the colours? Just um, poor camouflage attaches the idea. Wild Maybe magic really Yes, wild magic rarely cares for camouflage. It cares to be known. Most Strange. magic cares to be known. Okay. Interesting. Um Conrad will uh like flick his hand and um his rapier will appear because that's his like his little uh Your packed weapon. weapon yeah um and then he closes his eyes for a moment and um opens them as like the amber light kind of fades from his eyes as he casts green flame blade on his sword does anything happen no so he just looks at the sword uh blinks away like a bit of like a strayed like fleck of amber and then looks back at um Sebia's act well Clearly, I'm immune, so... Oh, uh, no, um, you see, there is... Uh, magic is also a uh, persnickety. Uh, with certain people, magic tends to be, you know, just so. And one of the things magic tends to be just so about is that uh, certain low-energy magical effects are not enough to trigger the splintering. Low-energy? Well... 
technically, when you look at it from an academic sense, it is not necessarily that it takes less energy to cast, just that it is academically considered, quote-unquote, lower. Uh, the technical term for many of these kinds of spells is a cantrip. Okay. Oh, yes, I think I tried some little illusions earlier on and nothing happened, but then I um, levitated somehow and that made a mask appear on my face. Ooh, fascinating. But interesting. Yes, so in general, I do not think that this <laughs> splintering of magic should make us fear any potential repercussions. Indeed uh, not. These are generally... What you could learn. Yes. More. These are harmless effects, generally. Yes, so you should all see what happens. I mean, if hiccups are the worst thing that can happen. Well, it depends. I've heard of wild magic going dangerously awry. However, it's a rarity. And I do not know if it will occur here or if it will occur to any of us. It's a different kind of... It feels different here. But, yes, I do not think we should allow this to inhibit our magical abilities, but just we should be aware there are, as always, it seems, consequences to our actions. Not always. We shall see. How are everyone's preparations? I'm ready as ever. Uh, good, everyone fed and watered. I'm all good and ready to go, as is dragon bait. Good. I'm and I are ready. And should we require additional sustenance, I may be able to provide. Interesting. Yes, Exley makes some wonderful little berries that can feed you for a whole day. Ah, yes, the berries. I recall those. I'm always ready. All right. Is Exley still yellow and red? Because last time it only lasted six seconds. Uh, hmm. No, last time, last time you didn't see how long it lasted because he immediately yeah. turned into mist. Where is my... There it is. Um, I do need well. to double check where it is. Then we just have a stripey boy. Uh, druid. Okay. okay. Um, it lasts 10 minutes, so we'll have expended it by now, I would say. Um, so, could I get someone to roll me a uh, survival check? Uh, sure thing. And roll it with advantage as artists would be uh, helping you as well to try to find where the entrance to the tomb would be. Well, <clears throat> I rolled badly both times. Oh. But not that badly uh, because Beatrice has a plus 10 to survival. So that's a 21. 21. Okay. So, um, so it probably takes you about an hour, I would say, to find this dip in the plateau. 
um, that uh, where you are able to see um, that there is an entrance, um, or there are a couple of uh, what could be potentially entrances. Um, and it's, it's going to be a difficult climb down because this is ultimately an obsidian glass plateau. Um, but this appears to be where the entrance is. So can I get everyone to roll me an athletics check to navigate their way down the glass? Uh, cliff face of this plateau. Can I use my acrobatic skills to find a way of doing this? Uh, because you are a monk, I will allow it. Thanks. And I'm an acrobat, and I have puny little arms. Mm. Thank you. Uh, that's an 18 for okay. Beatrice. So Beatrice manages to climb down without much issue. How far down do we need to go? Uh, it's about 15 to 20 feet. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no problem. We'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Mildly concerned if he falls to his death. Oh, I got a 21, so 21. fall was kind of like yeah. utilized as a smooth maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very good at falling and not taking any damage as well, so it probably just drops half the way, does a little roll. I got a 19, so yeah. um, Conrad handily makes his way down. Mm. Uh, Beatrice gets down first and turns around and gets ready to catch Sevia when she falls. Okay. I'm sorry, but... Emily, without being in the same room as me, how'd you know I rolled a five? With <laughs> a plus zero modifier. Because I know Sevia has terrible athletics. <laughs> yeah, and my dice hate me. Okay. Uh, and Exley and Prime? Um, so Exley got a 21 and Prime got a 20. <laughs> okay. So everyone makes it down one way or another. Fine. Except for Sevia and Artis. Um, who uh, both kind of slip on their way down on uh, and grab initially grab onto uh, part of the glass like uh, and grab grab for a, uh, what they yeah it's onto various parts each taking one point of piercing damage as the glass stabs into their hand. Um, and in the reaction of, like, ah, pulling away, you both fall. Uh, so, taking... Oh, that's a bad roll for you guys. Uh, that is, that is a 5 and a 6 on 2d6. Uh, so that is 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, Beatrice... Give, yes. Give me a um, because you're preparing it. Give me mm -hmm. a um, a dexterity 
we'll say a dexterity saving throw to catch Sevia. Dexterity saving? Yes. Uh, 22. 22. Okay, with that, um, Beatrice, you are able to kind of catch Sevia's fall for the most part. Um, it's, it's still a bit of a shock to your system, Sevia. Um, so you, you do still take half damage, so that's going to be six damage total between the piercing and the bludgeoning. Um, oh, okay, so I don't take the full 11? No. You okay, then I'm going to heal myself 11. five points. Okay, then I'm going to heal myself some of those points. Okay. Yeah. Um, you should be on 63. Okay. Um, we need to teach you a little bit more of the uh, strengthening. Actually. Oh. Artist. Oh. Beatrice says that she, like, She's probably caught Sevia like bridal style. It's just standing there holding her like. Sevia like lets out a deep exhale and goes like, "Well, I mean, how often are we going to be climbing sheer glass cliff faces?" Yeah, that was not fun. Ada says, oh, wiping right? the blood from his hand on his uh, on his leather armor. Oh. Yes, no, that one. Oh, oh, there's so much. Sorry, Beatrice, for I'm getting blood on you. Oh, no, that's so much. Oh, no. Oh. Blood. <laughs> well, it's oh. not a pleasant thing. It's not like I haven't had others' blood on myself before. So, I am going to drag everyone's tokens onto the map here. And. Excellent. Uh, so I will say, while while it does look to be grasslands uh, outside, with with some shrubs and all that, it it based on the map, it is not. It is just another bit of sheer, uh, like flat uh, glass obsidian. Um, the one thing of note is there is uh, this one. Uh, how do I say this? This kind of pillar, um, almost stalagmite-like, um, at at one point. But other than that, it is pretty much flat. Other than the kind of wall uh, around you. Uh, <laughs> So everyone Fair enough. Be on the strides now. over to the <laughs> to the um like the little pillar while um Sevier and um Beatrice are <laughs> kind of sorting themselves out and has a look there. Alright. Anything so, interesting about it or it's just a stalactite so, Um So this is a it does appear to be a yes, a fifteen foot uh, tall uh, stalagmite of cracked black glass, uh, and uh, behind it you see a dark passageway. Um, mm-hmm. 
obscured by with creepers, a second smaller tunnel burrows into the base of the cliff to the east. Um, and so the pillar itself. Um, da, 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 has has a message carved into it in common. Interesting. Come take a look over here. Everyone? That message uh, goes thusly. Fear the night when the Forsaken One ceases. Death mantle and the seas dry up and the dead rise. I, Lady Ilmar, reap the world of the living. Those who dare enter take heed. The enemies oppose. One stands between them. In darkness it hides. Don the mask or be seen. Speak no truth to the doomed child. The keys turn on the inside only. Okay then. Um hmm. Corrid's been writing this down. Well, that sounds wonderful. I surely cannot wait to go into this temple. Um, uh, he then, like, kind of, like, turns around his heels and, um, uh, I guess, yeah, it looks like the rest of the party. Um, and then, yeah, um, oh yeah, and he'll be like, oh, um, are you... Bleeding just for fun, old man, or you know, you do need some help with that. <laughs> Two artists. Uh, it, it's not too much of trouble at this point. He kind of like so kind of like reaches into his pocket because he bought like a whole bunch of like uh, medkit stuff. Throws like a um a, like a he like tears off a bit of like bandage and throws it at him. Which either he catches or just throws yeah. at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he catches that. Um, <laughs> Great. <yeah. laughs> it would have been amazing if you hit him in the head. Thank you. Um, no problem. What's the, DC, what's the DC on those? I have no idea. Okay. Let's have a look. Um, so, in the meantime, what are other people doing? Doesn't seem to be a DC, it's just like, you have things that you can do, so proficiency bonus adds to like heal checks okay. and stuff like that. Okay. Exley is keeping an eye out on our surroundings. Make sure, uh, you know, we're not getting snuck up on by anyone who has lived in this cave for longer than we've been in here. As is Beatrice. Yeah. Um, full of, um, yeah, Full tried to like heal uh, Sevia with cure wounds. And then after, um, I see it, it works. He's like, 
Oh, good. That made it get better. It did. Good to see. Did a good job. Uh, you probably have to roll a percentile now. Oh, good point. Yeah. Uh, while Joe is doing that, uh, as soon as Sevia's hand is healed, if Fall does not have a supremely bad wild magic happen, uh, she is also doing what Conrad has done and is writing down this inscription in the back of her book. Okay. I got um, 50 for my percentile. 50? Yeah. Sure. Uh, make a performance check. Okay. So that is a... Ooh, that's quite good. Oh, that's a 25. 25. Okay. So... Okay. So, um... Hmm. Who, who is... Hmm. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. Um, everyone, uh, like every player character and Prime, are currently charmed by you. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Um. Right. What? What? Yeah, what immediately happens then? I guess. Because am I aware of this? Uh, you are not. Yes. Yeah. So, a reminder of the charm condition, just as a condition. So, charmed creature can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magical effects. And the charmer has advantage on any ability check to interact socially with the creature. And it's not you, like, you view them as, like, a friend, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. So, I guess you yeah, act that however you wish. Um, yeah, if I'll just be like... Oh, excellent, um... That worked well, and uh, I'm good. Are you? Are you? Uh, do you feel uh, much better now? That was quite a fall you took as well. Oh yes, I feel. She does like a little weird little double take and just looks at fall like. I. Yes, I. And she like tucks her hair behind her ear. And she's like, um. No, uh, thank you. Um, I'm. I'm gonna go stand over here now, sorry. Uh, thank you again. Very good. Good uh, good at magic, yes. And then just walks away to go write in her book. Oh, okay. Exley will yeah. take Sevia's place. <laughs> oh, uh, hello. Hello. Um What's what's up? Did you find something? Do you need healing as well? I do not require healing, although I do believe I have found something. Oh, what's that? I am not quite sure. Um, I think do, do you want me to describe it? Or, like, help you? Uh, what What's going on? Everything is fine. I just wanted to make sure that you were protected. Um, yes, I'm perfectly safe right now. Full just kind of gives him a very, like, weird look. <laughs> okay. A 
Axley will nod and then just keep an eye out for anything going on. <laughs> Fantastic. Holly just like looking like rather uncomfortable. And I guess we'll just kind of go and look to see what um I guess like Conrad and Beatrice are doing. Okay. <laughs> Over <it> yeah. <laughs> with the mission. Be- Beatrice is off to the side, sort of keeping an eye on everything. Not really paying too much attention. Nice, nice. <laughs> to the group. Excellent. And um <laughs> Conrad is um yeah, looking over his notes again, but like when Fall did that um when that effect happened, unlike Exley and <laughs> Sevia, um he's instead kind of like uh, shuddered, but then, like, kind of his eyes have gotten that kind of blazed over look like he's had when he's been charmed by Strahd 50 million times. Um, and he kind of just keeps shaking his head, um, looking over at Fall, but not <laughs> in the same context. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yes, he's like, and um, he kind of like looks up for him and goes, looks up for him and goes, Is that. Did everyone feel that just now? A strangeness. Oh, I mean, yes, I certainly did feel something strange. Uh, uh, Probably around this point that the uh, the charm fades. It's silly. I I must have been thinking of concern of Strad not being gone in time. Is every uh, what does everyone think of the the speech the thing written on the the, the thing there? Um, it doesn't bode well, I must say. Certainly reminds me of the temple, that's for sure. I, I'm so excited to go in. <laughs> mm. Yes, uh, Sevia like shakes her head and like a little bit of glaze that had been in her own eyes like dissipates. She blinks really hard and then goes. Yes, no, I do find that often when we go places that have either uh, inscriptions or prophecies, it doesn't go fantastically, and this one certainly does not bode well. (sighs) To be fair, we have a perfect score on dealing with prophecies. This is a good point. I assume as long as we don't come across this dead child, what? It really... I hope a lot of this is metaphorical and not literal. Otherwise, I mean, either way, it's going to be very depressing once we go in there, but some of these are far more depressing if they're literal. This is true. <clears throat> I suppose we should all be on our guard. So I propose, uh, it looks like there might be some, something further on in that direction. I propose that um, we determine what formation we shall be taking and um, be watchful. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes. 
So, of course, I will be taking the four. Um, uh, Long-range casters should be, uh, and uh, attackers should be uh, to, to the back, um, with prefer preferably uh, someone towards the four as well for uh, initial attack. Yes. Rest can disperse however they wish. Okay. Sounds good to me. I think I'm a middle person. Right. I will be near the middle at the back, yes. Hmm. Beatrice Four. walks towards wherever the back of the group is going to be. Uh, excellent. We'll walk up alongside Conrad. Um, <clears throat> do you wish for Prime to be in front of you in case anything should happen? Uh, like a kind of Conrad's kind of like eyes like one for a moment, and then he like he does he gets that horrible grin that he gets on his. It's like, yes, that is a very good suggestion, actually. Yes, Prime should go in front for certain. An excellent suggestion, 42. Thank you. Good. Do you wish to also take lead? If you wish to lead, I will allow Prime to take direction from you. Tis optional, as long as Prime's goals remain the same as the group's, I do not mind who leads him. If you believe he'll perform more efficiently under your instruction, then keep up with me. Very well. Hey. So, which uh, pathway are you taking? Can we scope the area out a little bit more? Figure out what's... Is there anything else yeah. going on? Uh, uh, Beatrice and Exley were having a bit of a look around before. Did we I'm just, spot anything? I'm... Yeah. So oh, I've got just Prime's removing, on the move. Uh, yeah, because I'm just using Prime to kind of... Uh, I'm just moving Prime around. For audio listeners, Darby's just kind of moving Prime around to kind of like clear out the shadows yes. of our map. <laughs> but he's zipping around like Sonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very terrifying. Um, I'm assuming this is what he's actually doing in game too. X is like Prime, scope out the area, so, <laughs> and Prime so just that, like blasts around everywhere. Sure. Oh, yeah. Once that all clears up, uh, make all of the map. Um, uh, you might have to move around a bit, but it does more or less make the map visible to you from from where he is. You can see there are three and uh, three kind of entries into different areas. Um, um, so, um, yeah. So there is the one just above where Prime is. There's the one just above where Artis is, and there is the one to the right. I guess, like, what are the vibes of each um, entry? Is it like, does one of them look like a main entry hall? Does one of them look like super spooky? Or like, yeah. Um, so, uh, investigating them, so the one to the right uh, is is a long, thin pathway with a series of alcoves 
running the length of a narrow tunnel, uh, each one featuring a bestial statue standing or squatting above a basin of oil. Sounds very suspicious. Okay. Uh, it does look promising as the right path to take, though. So, uh, going through them from uh, from the, fir- the first ones through to the end, um, they depict a from west to east a jack a moa and a oh, a jaculi and a sue monster. An Almirage and a Zorbo, uh, an Eblis and a Frakemoth, a Grung and a Kamadan. And then at the very end um, is a uh, Flail Snail. Hmm. Okay, so that's the, the northernmost entrance. That is that is the westmost entrance. The westmost entrance. East. Okay. Uh, yes, eastmost. Sorry. Um, okay. Cool. Then yeah, there are the, the north, western, and the northern entrances. Um. So, as for the northern entrance, a short tunnel ends. At a slab of worked stone, whose edges are marked by relief carvings of grinning skulls. Four lines, engraved at the centre of the slab, cross one another to form a star, with both ends of each line marking the location of a cube-shaped cavity cut into the door, eight cavities in all. Finally, the uh, western entrance um, so stone skulls peer down from the lintel and old bones litter the threshold as light strikes the entrance a swarm of bats breaches out from within the door itself is a slab of worked stone uh, blocks uh, so a slab of worked stone block Oh, no, a slab of work zone, um, which blocks the overgrown tunnel some 20 feet from the entrance. Uh, grinning skulls mark the edges of the slab, and in the centre of it, there are nine cube-shaped cavities arranged in three rows of three. Um, you see, uh, by the side, on the ground, there are nine cubes with, uh, different beasts inscribed uh, uh, carved into them so um, and those those beasts bear a resemblance to the beasts uh, indicated in this uh, depicted by the statues so while you guys decide which entrance you're going to take that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. <laughs> thank you for listening. Hey, See you next you. week. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.